if things didn't go well in this career jump, I would still have a backup plan. So there were a lot of options which I listed down which convinced me that okay, you can do this. And with that, I stormed out of the toilet, I went to my boss and I said, I'm done. Welcome to Career Relaunch, the podcast focused on helping you create a more fulfilling career. My name is Joseph Liu, and I'm here to help you gain the clarity, confidence, and courage to overcome the challenges of making changes to your career so you can do more meaningful work and enjoy your professional life. In each episode, I feature people who have stepped off the beaten path to reinvent their careers and successfully make a major career change. We talk through their unique personal stories, the challenges they overcame, and the lessons they learned along the way to help you take your own brave steps to improve your career and life. Today, my guest is gonna explain how he relaunched his career from being a pharmacist to a digital marketer and growth strategist in the tech sector. We'll discuss not letting your past degree dictate your future and an example of how to break into a new industry. Afterwards, during today's Mental Fuel, I'll explain how to decide when it's the right time for a career change. Today, I'm speaking with Kai Yong Ng, a pharmacist turned digital marketer. His curiosity about the internet and the world of entrepreneurship drove him to leave his prestigious pharmacy profession to venture into the world of digital marketing and online entrepreneurship. He's since held roles such as the head of Facebook advertising operations at Mind Valley and now the head of growth at the Next Academy. During my chat with Kai, he's going to give a glimpse into the tech scene in Malaysia and how he created the right mindset to pave his own path toward making a radical career change. If you want to learn more about Kai or the Next Academy, visit careerrelaunch.net slash 29. Kai spoke with me from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And I got to warn you, a major storm was passing through Kuala Lumpur when we recorded this. So you may hear a few rumbles of thunder in the background. Okay, Kai, well, welcome to Career Relaunch. And I'm really happy to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me. So I'd love to just kick off here by hearing a little bit about your role there at the Next Academy. Could you tell us a little bit more about your work there? My role here is basically head of growth. Uh, it's just another fancy startup title, <laughs> but it's basically marketing, sales, business development, everything under the sun that helps Next Academy to grow, to, to meet its goals. The big part of my job involves marketing and also making sure that our intakes are sold out. And how many students do you generally have in one of your intakes? So we actually have two classes. We have a coding bootcamp and we have a digital marketing bootcamp. But all in all, we have about 60 to 70 students a month. I would really love to just go back right now in time because I know that you haven't always been involved with this line of work and you were, used to be a pharmacist. Could you just give us a glimpse back into your life back in the uh, pharmacist world? That was about six or seven years ago. And back then when I was a college kid, I basically, like many other kids, didn't know what I wanted to study. So we go to our nearest reference point, our parents, you know, I ask them for advice. Hey, you know, what's a good thing to learn, to study? And my dad kind of knew I could kind of study anything. So initially it was engineering, but further down the line, he suggested I do pharmacy. I was telling me that the career prospects are great. So I checked it out and I thought it was pretty cool. So I went into it and after studying pharmacy, getting my, my degree and stuff like that, I started to notice something which only happened when I started working, that maybe this might not be the best career for me. What were some of those things that you started to notice that clued you into that? So in Malaysia, if you were to work as a pharmacist, you have to serve the government for a number of years. And the way it works is you can't really choose where you want to work. 
they will actually post you wherever they like, pretty much. So I was like stationed in this suburban area. It was a nice place, but I'm like a city folk kind of guy. So it was very different. And in my first year working as a professional pharmacist in the hospital, I kind of realized that, hmm, you know what, maybe there are more opportunities back in the city. But because it was my first year, so I decided to suck it up and just see how it goes, right? I was really excited to see how I could apply my pharmacy degree, everything I've learned into the workplace. And I was in for kind of a big discovery, just it's very different. Whatever you learn in college and what you're applying at work, they are very different, of course. Being in this suburban area gave me a lot of free time, especially at night. Thankfully, there's internet. And I spent a lot of time exploring like what's next, right? What am I supposed to do? Am I destined to be in a place like this in a hospital pharmacy for the years to come? So I started to do some exploring, Googling here and there, what see what other people are doing. And at that time, my brothers were pretty much in the internet scene. I didn't quite understood what they were doing back then. I just know that they were making money online. So that were the, the first words I punched into Google, right? Make money online. And it sort of opened my eyes to a whole new world of the internet. Did you ever think about sticking with being a pharmacist, but just moving back to the city and continuing on in that career? In my first year working as a pharmacist, I was very interested in this whole internet thing that's going on, but I, I wasn't very confident that this was something I could do full time, not at that point of time, but it sounded very cool, right? I decided to wait a few years because I realized that I have this tendency to jump into things too quickly. I didn't want to make that mistake. So I told myself that, you know, I just let this idea sit in my head for a couple of years. And if the passion is still there, chances are it's something that I really want to explore. Uh, I actually moved back to the city, but my workplace was still pretty far. So I had a pretty long commute back and forth every single day. But at least being in KL in Kuala Lumpur, I actually had a lot more opportunities to meet people who were in the internet scene at that time, seeking their advice, talking to them, attending events, learning more stuff. So that kind of opened my eyes a little bit more. Can you walk me through what happened next for you? You're a pharmacist in Kuala Lumpur. You're thinking about whether or not you want to branch off into something different. What started to run through your head at this point? At that time, the startup scene was just in its uh, infant stages and there was more funding coming in and they were suddenly like mushrooming of companies like small startups popping up here and there. You know, it sounded really cool and I was very interested in what they were doing, right? And I just wanted to somehow get into the scene. But of course, I had to ground myself in a particular skill. So at that time, there was this company that really caught my attention. A company is called Mind Valley. They are a global company that sells uh, products in personal development, self-help, spirituality. And I really like the way the company operates because they sell almost everything online. And they are based in Malaysia, but they're selling to the States. So that was my first stepping stone into the digital world because I knew this was a company I wanted to get into. So I started making baby steps towards that goal. And it was about in my third year in pharmacy, which I was really, really fired up and passionate. I think like this could actually be a possibility for me to apply to this company to just get my foot through the door and start a brand new career into uh, digital. 
Can you explain how you hustled your way into a place like Mind Valley, which seems to have very little to do with your former background as a pharmacist? So actually, from my first year to my third year, I sort of subconsciously, I was planning how I'm going to make my exit because nobody's going to hire me if I had no experience to boot, right? So in a day, I was a pharmacist and at night, I was trying to gain experience by trying to sell things online. And what really got me started was reading a lot of books. Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week was one of my favorite books. I would say uh, he really influenced me a lot. And also Ramit Sefi, I Will Teach You To Be Rich. He has a really cool blog about personal finance. Also, his style is like he really challenges you to push your boundaries, like asking for raises and stuff like that. So these guys were people I look up to whenever I was searching for the inspiration to make a leap. Back then, there were no formal training institutes where you can go to, unlike now, you can go to a digital marketing course. Back then, it was like a cowboy town, the wild, wild west. You know, you had to hustle. You got to learn everything from gurus. You had to spend money on your own, invest in courses, not knowing whether these courses would give you the result that you want. But I went ahead and, and did it anyways. The tipping point was when I made my first dollar online. It didn't feel great. It was just because it felt a little bit scammy the way I did it. But I just accepted that this is how the way things done. But deep down inside, I knew there was this mind valley and they were doing things like proper, right? They were actually selling things online. It was digital products, but they had physical products as well. So I did a lot of experiments. I, I sold a couple of digital products as an affiliate marketer at first, and I went on to try to create my own products and try to sell things online. Now, I didn't make a lot of money, but I did a lot of experiments. I had a lot of failures. And it's these experiments which I used as my ammo or marketing ammo, as I call it, when I went to apply for Mind Valley, I said, hey, I failed more than any of your marketers. And I gave them a whole list of random stuff that I did that didn't work. And I think that kind of helped as well when it came to the interviews. Before we get to your time there as the head of Facebook advertising operations, can you just take us through the mental shift that you had to make so that you could be comfortable with this change? I guess the biggest mental shift that I had to overcome was helping my parents to understand that I'm not crazy <laughs> because <laughs> right. the degree was not cheap. And to make a jump into this totally new field is something that most Asian parents would not jive with, right? I had to really show them how prepared I was and how serious I am and those kind of things. Not that they are controlling me or anything. It's just I don't want to disappoint them, right? I don't think any kid wants to disappoint their parents that you've studied so hard, you work so hard, you know. I just want to show that I've done my homework before I did any of this just so that they can have a peace of mind. And the second thing is for myself, right? Am I truly ready to make this career shift? Is it something that is just like a fad, like, oh, I, I make this career shift and things don't work out. Do I have a backup plan and stuff like that? So actually, I had a very interesting story of how the decision, like the final decision where I decided, okay, I'm done. I quit. I'm going to join this. I was sitting on a toilet bowl <laughs> uh, in the hospital. And, you know, pharmacists, we carry like a pen and paper, a notepad everywhere we go. And I sat down on the toilet bowl and then I was like started scribbling down like just reasons why this is going to work. I had to convince myself that this will work, you know, and there were 10 solid reasons of why if things didn't go well in this career jump, I would still have a backup plan. And 
after writing down the 10 things, I realized that it's not so bad. I was more convinced that if anything were to happen, I always have a backup plan. For example, technically, I have my pharmacy license. So if things don't work out, I could go back to becoming a pharmacist. And then like I could always work for my brother. I could start my own thing. So there were a lot of options which I listed down, which convinced me that, okay, Kayong, you're ready. You can do this. And with that, I stormed out of the toilet. I went to my boss and I said, I'm done. I did go to Mind Valley and sit for the interviews. I did not already have a job, but I decided to quit anyways because I was so convinced that, you know, if I don't do this, I'm never going to do this. And I've never looked back ever since. How did you decide that this was the right time and that this was sort of a now or never moment? Like I said, it was something that I was thinking about since my first year as a pharmacist. But I told myself, I'm going to wait a couple of years. And if the idea is still there, if the passion is still there, it seems like something that I must do, right? So it's not something that happened overnight. It's something that happened over a span of a few years, you know. Of course, you there's a lot of convincing you need to do. Like I said, you have to convince yourself. You need to make sure you're prepared. You need to get the relevant experience before you make a career jump making sure that things are all right, then you'll know it's time to make that leap. I see. One other... Wow, there's a serious storm happening over there. So one other thing that you mentioned to me when we were talking before was your degree and how your degree can sometimes be the thing that defines you. And yet, in this case, you were able to define yourself in ways that went beyond your degree. Can you explain to us how you went about that and how you thought about your pharmacist degree and that investment, and how that then related to what you're going to do in the future? It doesn't matter because a degree gives you the relevant experience, yes, but it doesn't ultimately determine your success in life. So you're, you're at Mind Valley. Tell us a little bit about that shift and what that was like for you to jump into the world of online advertising there. When I applied for Mind Valley, I actually applied for the copywriter role. I thought I was good at writing, and I was in for a rude awakening when they thought that my, my writing was too salesy. But based on my interviews and they, they saw potential in me, they actually offered me a role in the advertising team, the traffic team, it was called. And that was like, yes, you know, I just wanted to get my way into this company so I can learn from all these experts. Actually, I consider myself quite blessed that I joined the advertising team because they deal with digital advertising, Facebook ads, Google ads, and you know, massive investments, things that not many people in Malaysia would have access to. And I was there, I learned a lot because I was able to you know, basically spend their money and gain a lot of experience and talk to the people in the team who have experience to show me the way, show me how things are done. So that's where I really grew as a marketer, as opposed to trying to do everything on my own in a cowboy style. Was there anything surprising about this shift that you made from the world of pharmacy to this world of advertising? Digital advertising, the whole digital shebang, it's such a new field, right? Okay, it might exist like five, 10 years, but it's always evolving. It's constantly evolving. There are new platforms, there are new ad formats. There's so many things to try. And to me, that's very interesting, right? In a pharmacy line, things don't move as fast. You study the stuff you, in your degree, you apply it to work, and occasionally there's a new research papers that come out that suggest this drug works better than that, but it doesn't move as fast in the digital scene. So being in this current scene that I'm in right now, it's, it's really exciting because I get to learn new things all the time, 
And also I have to stay updated all the time by reading stuff online. What's been the hardest part of making this shift for you? I'm currently in this industry where there's no one to teach me. I have to teach myself. I need to go out to the internet and try and read up what other people are doing. I need to apply it to my own business to see what results I can find. I'm constantly experimenting and trying new things, basically carving my own expertise in this niche. And to me, that, that's really interesting. Back then in the pharmacy, it's pretty much you go to work, you do your job, you get paid. So that's the biggest difference. Okay, so you're at Mind Valley, and then can you tell us about your transition from there to where you're currently at, which is the next academy? After a number of years at Mind Valley, I realized I think I'm getting into my comfort zone again. I need new challenges. So it was at that time uh, I was approached by the founders. Uh, you know, we had a chat. You know, I got to see what they're doing and everything. How did they find you? Out of curiosity, uh, LinkedIn actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were browsing through LinkedIn. We met up, we had a chat. Also was curious to know more about the startup scene because Mindvalley is actually quite a big company. But the startup scene in Malaysia, they are quite fragmented and everyone's doing their own thing. Some of them are quite underground as well. And it was really interesting to me and I wanted to explore more in this area and also pick up some new skills. Like I said, you know, when you get too comfortable, you know it's time to go out and get new skills kind of thing. So at that point in time, Okay, it's time for a shift. We met up again sometime in the next year and I decided that, okay, I'm up for a new challenge. When you look back on your career change, what's something you wished you had known that you now know? Jobs are changing faster than careers. You really got to constantly evolve and learn new skills if you want to stay relevant in today's job industry, especially with the speed of change of how you know technology is advancing, right? You can't just sit there and think you have a safe job. You know, robots are going to automate your job in the next five years. All the signs are there. You, you have to keep evolving, keep moving. And I'm not surprised if I'm going to be changing my career again five years down the line, maybe something in uh, technology and coding or something like that. During that evolution and process, are there any particular tools or resources that you use to stay on track with your own career growth? I have a couple of blogs that I follow. One of them is John Loomer. He's like an expert in Facebook advertising, johnloomer.com. He's always up to date and he also gets like first dips at the new Facebook advertising features and stuff like that. But another thing I'm pretty much looking into right now is how as a marketer you can use technology to automate a lot of the work that you do like right now there's a big shift towards uh, chatbots a lot of people are using chatbots in their business and i noticed for yourself joseph i know you've been sending a lot of automated emails to streamline the work of scheduling and interviewing people so that's really awesome i must say so it's things like this right it's no longer about specific tactics or strategies but it's a shift towards technology now and how you're going to use it to compete, to stay relevant in this era. And having been through this career change, what's one thing that you've learned about yourself? There's no one clear path to where I want to be. For example, in the line that that I'm in, I don't think there's like an end goal. I have to stay on top of the trends. I have to keep learning, keep trying new things, talking to people, 
it's crazy, but it's it's mad exciting, man. I can tell you, this has been quite a journey. I would love to hear a little bit more, just to wrap up today, about your role there as the head of growth at the Next Academy, and just a little bit more about the academy itself. And my role now at Next Academy, I'm head of growth. As mentioned, I handle all sorts of things from marketing to sales. Sometimes I even get on to the ground level, talk to prospects, explain to them why they should be picking up digital skills with us. We are a coding school based out of Southeast Asia. We're located in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, great country to come and travel to. Our mandate here is basically we want to empower a million individuals with tech skills so that they can stay relevant and also to build great companies within the ecosystem here. Uh, we also have courses in digital marketing. We have a lot of international students who come down just to chill in Southeast Asia, pick up some new skills. Uh, we're very open to anyone who wants to come and learn from us. Yeah. And one of the things that we had spoken about before we started our recording was the rationale for doing a coding course in Malaysia versus somewhere in North America or the Western Hemisphere. What do you think draws people to attend your coding academy there in Malaysia? I guess the number one thing is we are cheaper because of the currency exchange. That's for one. A cost of living here is also very low. There's a lot of great food. You can experience a very diverse culture here being in Asia. And you can pretty much fly to neighboring countries like Thailand and Indonesia. It's just a 30-minute flight away from Kuala Lumpur. So if you're thinking of taking a gap year, pick up some new skills, travel the world, I think this is a great opportunity to come down. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been to Kuala Lumpur myself, and that region of the world is absolutely beautiful. And I can definitely vouch for the food there too, which is absolutely incredible. So if for nothing else, go there and check out the food while you're learning a little bit of coding. It'll definitely make it worth it. Okay, Kai, well, where can people go if they want to learn more about the Next Academy? Uh, yeah, you can visit our website at www.nextacademy.com. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time, Kai. It's been great to hear about your career and your thoughts on that exercise of getting clear on why your next career move can work, which I thought was really interesting. The importance of having a backup plan and also the importance of just continuing to learn and evolve and invest in your own career. So thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for having me, Joseph. So I hope you enjoyed hearing Kai's insights on how to break into a new industry, the importance of having a backup plan, and taking the initiative to build your own skills. Now it's time to wrap up with today's Mental Fuel, where I'm going to explain how you can tell when it's the right time to make a career move. Before we get to today's Mental Fuel, I wanted to thank Brand Yourself for supporting this episode of Career Relaunch. Brand Yourself offers simple tools and services to help control what people find when they Google you. To clean up, protect, and improve how you look online, visit brandyourself.com and use promo code RELAUNCH to get 50% off a premium membership. This is the part of the show called Mental Fuel, where I finish the show with a brief personal story related to one of the topics we covered today and wrap up with a simple challenge to help you move forward with your own career goals. So for today's Mental Fuel, I wanted to talk about how you can tell when the time has come to make your career move. If you're not feeling 100% fulfilled by your job, or you don't exactly look forward to Mondays, or if you've just got some dream you've been wanting to pursue or you're just bored with your day-to-day -day work, the question is, how do you know when enough is enough and it's time to make a change? Let me start by saying that, unfortunately, 
there's no clear formula for this. Making a major career change is a very personal decision, and I wish there was a completely predictable set of symptoms that leads to an obvious diagnosis that you should move on. But I have found that the process of making a major career change is just a lot more nuanced than that. With that said, I wanted to share two signs I think at least suggest you may want to start considering whether you should make a change. Sign number one is when you feel like the dissatisfaction you're experiencing in your day job begins to extend into the rest of your life. I'll give you an example. There was a time in my marketing career when I was deeply unhappy with the day-to-day culture of the company where I worked. And I found myself dragging that unhappiness from work back home. I remember one night very distinctively when I'd met up with my wife for dinner after work and I was complaining about my job a lot. I'd actually been doing this for a few weeks by this point and I've been doing it so much that she actually had to interrupt me and tell me to stop because I was just being so much of a downer on our dinner. And in that moment, I realized I was becoming an unpleasant person outside of work. That was one sign that told me I needed to make a change. Sign number two is when you feel like you're consistently not making the most of who you are. Let me explain. In one of my corporate roles, I went from having direct reports to no direct reports. And in this case, it happened after a promotion, but the problem was that coaching and mentoring others was something I considered was a strength of mine. And instead of being able to utilize that strength All my energy was being deployed toward a lot of tasks that I felt were not making the most of the skills that I could offer. And eventually that got to a point where I just felt like every day was kind of a waste. There are other signs like feeling tired all the time and feeling unfulfilled, misplaced, and not looking forward to Monday mornings. But when I experience an unhappiness that spreads into my evenings and weekends combined with this feeling of not being able to make the most of who I am, that tells me that some sort of a change should be on the horizon for me. Now, let's say you're feeling these things right now. That doesn't necessarily mean it's time for you to make a move. You have to ultimately decide when the timing and the conditions are right for you to make what probably feels like a fairly risky move, and only you can decide that. However, at some point, you have to ask yourself this question, how long am I willing to tolerate this? And at what point will you say enough is enough? This takes me to a quote from Emily Autumn. Being brave means to know something is scary, difficult, and dangerous, and doing it anyway, because the possibility of winning the fight is worth the chance of losing it. So my challenge to you is to get very clear on your tipping point. How bad will you allow things to get before you pull the trigger on making a brave, positive move in your career? Capture exactly what you need to begin noticing about your professional life, personal life, social life, physical health, or emotional health when you say enough is enough, when you say I owe it to myself to make a change. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to thank Mark from Auckland, New Zealand for leaving this voicemail for me, sharing his experience of leaving his job and a suggestion he has for the podcast. Joseph, two months ago, I resigned from a very well-paid job. I'm in my mid-50s and I found your podcasts and found them very useful indeed. Um, I resigned without 
any idea of what I was going to do after my my job and um, just felt that I needed to create a space in which to explore and um, I've what your podcasts have very much resonated with me so I'm enjoying those and look forward to hearing some more in the future. Um, I'm in my mid-50s and it's, I think it'd be interesting to hear people who are at that, that level who perhaps like myself have uh, their kids have left home and um, just the seeing it from their point of view rather than necessarily from younger people who most of them are. Um, having said that, I very much enjoyed and was entertained by the uh, Australian sniper. Thanks for that and keep up the good work. Well, Mark, first, I want to commend you for making the brave move to leave your job behind in the spirit of creating some space for yourself to explore. And I hope you've gained some useful clarity and perspective during this time. I also appreciate the feedback and definitely take your point. I do often feature people who are in their 30s and 40s on this show, probably just because these tend to be the people I know in my professional circles. But you'll be happy to know that in a few of the upcoming episodes, I do feature some people who are further along in their careers. So stay tuned for those, and I hope you'll find those episodes especially helpful. If you would also like to share some feedback on the show, or if you have a suggestion of a topic you want covered, I'd love for you to leave me a voicemail with your thoughts at careerrelaunch.net slash 29, where you can also find a summary of all the key concepts from today's show, along with those resources Kai mentioned during our conversation. Again, that's careerrelaunch.net slash 29. Thanks so much for being a part of the Career Relaunch community, and a special thanks again to Kai Yong Ng for sharing his story with us today. This episode was mixed by Richard Pennington, Electrocardiogram wrote and performed our original theme song. I'm Joseph Liu, and I'll see you next time.